welcome everyone to another Social Hour episode. Uh, today we have the amazing CWA and Power Bank, uh, the founders and owners of Aftershock Media Group, uh, my bosses, so I have to be uh, extra nice to them today. Uh, so sorry for anyone who wanted a little bit of edginess. Uh, oh, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna switch up what you normally do. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna switch up what I normally do. Uh, so man, it, I'm I'm super excited for this episode. Not only because we we have two uh, juggernauts of the mobile gaming industry and and two people who've really carried uh, carried everyone on their backs at the beginning uh, when the mobile gaming industry really uh, started ramping up. Uh, but two people I look up at, you know, I, I look to as my personal mentors uh, and also as, uh, you know, I could say as friends as well as they have helped me uh, with a lot of things uh, mentally, et cetera. Um, so I really want to open up the floor to Ash and Powerbank uh, to pretty much give their spiel of who they are uh, and then we can get right at it. Koozie, uh, thanks so much for having us. I guess I'll kick things off here. Uh, Powerbank's still a listener, so maybe he needs to request stuff, oh. I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for having us. Absolutely love. I want to start out by, by giving a big shout out to you and Jeff, your, uh, your counterpart who couldn't be here today. Uh, but you guys have been doing just a tremendous job. And I guess starting at the, the end of the story uh, is just so happy over the last... Uh, six months, a year or two to see, you know, yourself and, and Jeff and Anthony and uh, all the other people basically doing doing spaces here uh, really emerge to be some of the faces of, of uh, gaming as well in the industry as well in our company. So, uh, you know, couldn't be more proud of you and everything that you're doing here and it's a testament to your hard work and really, I don't know how we ever lucked out to be, uh, not to sound super corny and cliche about it, but have so many hardworking individuals. Mm -hmm. And I think the key word there, individuals, everybody's different. You know, we're not all, we're not all the same at our, at our company or in the industry. And uh, I think that those elements, you know, similar to spices, they just make for a great final product. So thank you for what you're doing, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, just happy to be here, happy to be in, in the position to even speak on these, uh, these spaces or panels. Uh, it's been a long road, but, uh, you know, been in the industry for uh, just over eight years now, personally. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything specific you want me to touch on here or want us to touch on, but uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, happy to, yeah, we'll get into all the all, all the specifics as, as everything goes on. Just really just uh, introducing you guys um, and letting the audience know who you are. I'm pretty sure uh, everyone knows who, who you two are. Uh, but yeah, uh, Power Bing, uh, your turn. Amazing. Well, uh, thanks, you. Thanks, Jeff, for uh, having us. And uh, as Tim mentioned, so proud of you guys for for everything that you guys have been building um, over the past, you know, couple of years and most recently, past several months. Y'all have been absolutely killing it, and it's a pleasure to work with y'all every day. Uh, for those of you guys that aren't familiar uh, with me, my name is Lance Frisbee, CEO at AfterShock Media Group, and also uh, in the content creator space known as Powerbang. I've uh, been making videos online for the past. Geez, how long has it been? I don't know, seven years or so, uh, maybe longer. And uh, been in marketing and and tech and public speaking and all that for uh, probably a couple decades now. So um, I guess a lot of experience doing gaming, media content, uh, marketing, and uh, really excited to work with the people that we are working with now and continuing to watch the staff kind of grow. Um, I feel like every month we have you know several new people that we're working with. And, uh, we're just so blessed to have the team that we have. So anyway, that's me. Yeah, out of I, I want to touch a little bit on that because it's like from when I started about a year, year and some change, right? Uh, we were maybe ten people um, coming out to meetings, uh, and those meetings usually lasted about like ten minutes. Now sometimes they run over an hour because the <laughs> insane amount of of people we have working here at AMG, and not only that, just the the awesome creators that we've been able to uh, work with and bring exclusively here to AMG and help uh, literally be on their ride of, of from nothing to something. And it's been incredible uh, being part of that journey for them. Um, I know a couple of the talents everyone knows, like when Sanity, Judo, all those guys, 
Like it, it, it's been crazy to see everyone's growth and be at the forefront of it with them um, as AMG is in the mobile industry uh, and, and super humbling as well. Um, I really want to start off with a couple questions of uh, thoughts on what you guys think of the industry and stuff like that, but mainly on like coming from the start of the mobile gaming industry uh, years back, uh, did you ever think it would be at where it is right now? I mean, I'm happy to jump in on that since I'm off mute at the moment. Um, the answer to that question is yes. Although you still have to kind of pinch yourself when you see, I guess, the industry kind of catch up a little yeah. bit to your vision of yeah. what you thought it could be. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, back, oh, I don't know, maybe 2017, I really started to become convicted about uh, what mobile gaming could be for games. And, you know, really kind of with the success of, a lot of the shooter titles, honestly, that kind of poured it over. You saw Fortnite do it. You saw PUBG Mobile do it. You saw Call of Duty come over. And really, with the success of those games in the industry, it made it very, very clear to game developers that mobile was no longer something that you could ignore or have as an afterthought. And really, it deserved a lot of attention pre-launch. And so now you see, you know, in 2022, it's, it's going to be an absolute... <laughs> Uh, field day on yeah. mobile so it's going to be so exciting to see all these new games coming out and all of the AAA titles that are developing something really take mobile seriously um, and I think it's going to be great for the overall landscape uh, and you Tim yeah man I think in the early days I mean Lance hit the nail on the head uh, but in the early days I didn't think about just to be totally real about it, I, I didn't, I'd like to say that, yeah, I knew exactly what mobile was going to become. But in the early, early days when I was, you know, just making content and, you know, involved in communities, I wasn't thinking too much about the future. You know, I wasn't thinking too much about, I, I was, but kind of short term future, you know, what is next year going to bring? Uh, how can I focus on my content, uh, the communities that I'm a part of? Etc. and help grow them. And it wasn't really until AMG, until I, I saw the other side of things, that I really mm -hmm. started to look at mobile gaming truly as an industry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, versus just a community almost, because it does feel tight-knit. Uh, I, I will say, though, that just the regionality of, of mobile games uh, was hard to ignore, even, even predating AMG. You know, it, just seeing the millions of players at the time, mostly in India, uh, but obviously Southeast Asia, Latin America, uh, it's, you know, and then seeing more and more the mass adoption of smartphones, right? I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't take a genius to put one and one together and say, hey, uh, this is going to be massive. And even though some of these regions, especially at the time, you know, going back almost a decade, uh, they were lagging a little bit behind in terms of the value of, you know, and from the marketing point of view, it was like, how do we how do we sell to these to these people? How do we sell these individuals? But I now I think, especially the last few years, we're seeing the industry rapidly uh, catch up to that, and then now it's not really an issue anymore. Yeah, I, you know, it's been uh, it's been so cool to be able to see how, in just a matter of let's say two years, how this industry has evolved um, from you know going more for like homegrown talent. Uh, for for you know for different developers out there using just homegrown mobile talent. Now, you you have a, you know your Courage JD doing stuff for PUBG Mobile. You have Snoop Dogg having his own you know in-game skin with COD Mobile, uh, and Ozuna with COD Mobile. Like it just it keeps going bigger and bigger each month. I I, I think, um, and it, it still surprises me today where it's like. I, I'm very known to share a lot of stuff in, in our Slack thing for Shareworthy. If you guys don't know what Slack is, it's just best. like a little meeting. It's a little workplace. It's like uh, Discord for business Yeah, it's people, like right? Discord for work. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> like I, I find myself surprised sometimes with the amount of stuff that I do on Shareworthy, which is just somewhere where we just play something that is, is Shareworthy. Because uh, it's like this industry is always evolving and every day it seems like there's something brand new coming up or a brand new collaboration coming into the scene or a new partnership coming into mobile gaming that completely defe like defies all odds and you would have never thought would have happened two years ago, right? Um, and it's just, it's really awesome to to be at the forefront of that. And like, I'm sure you guys are, are 
even though you've, you've been here a lot longer than me, I'm sure it still surprises uh, the both of you as well, seeing how much growth uh, there is in this industry still. It does me. I mean, I was just saying that, uh, you know, we're in a we're in a fortunate position to be obviously looped in to the different communities and to the different mm -hmm. game, game developers and stuff. But even knowing all the things that we know, like that are coming, there's still surprises, you know, like yeah. there's a game that's announced or leaked or whatever. And you're <laughs> like, no way that too, you know. So, yeah, I am surprised on occasion, like how much stuff there really is coming yeah. and how much stuff is out there. Yeah. What's um. What's something the both of you have seen, you know, in your years being in this in this industry? What is something that you still see today that you think should still be worked on or fixed uh, when it comes to uh, working with talent and the client? That's yeah, I mean, I, it, it, obviously, there's so many different directions, right, that you could go with this. But one thing that kind of uh i was talking about just a few days ago is i really i hate to be you know negative uh but i really think the days of mcns should be behind us uh mm -hmm. i think that so basically multi-channel networks mcns there's so, so much literature and videos out there on on what they are and how they operate but i think they're frankly pretty predatory uh mm -hmm. how they approach and deal with talent now I do want to be careful and say that there, I'm sure there are exceptions to every rule. And that doesn't mean that there's never a circumstance that a talent, it might make sense for an individual talent to sign with an MCN. But for folks who don't know what MCNs are, I've heard, I don't know, I want to say hundreds, but let's just go with at least dozens of horror stories uh, from creators throughout the years. I've never heard one good story about an MCN. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they sign creators, they promise them the world. And then they take a cut of their YouTube revenue. Oftentimes only they'll make it sound like, oh, well, you normally take 20%. We're going to go all the way down to 3% for you, you know? Uh, and it's just, it's, it's awful. In my opinion, it's, it's predatory and it's awful. Uh, basically uh, for the creators, especially the smaller and the mid-sized creators, because they're given all these promises, they sign, and then they, ne they never live up to the promises they show all their YouTube revenue on their books. So essentially it's just like, let's just say you made $50,000 on YouTube one year. They run it all through their books. So it looks like they're the most profitable money-making company in the world. They use that to bait on uh, more talent to sign with them. They provide lackluster service, usually template-based <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and they just keep that cyclical nature going. And oftentimes the reason they're in power is twofold. Number one is for decades, or a better part of it, over a decade, YouTube worked with them directly, and they promoted MCNs. That's becoming a little less, you know, pervasive now or more recently. Uh, but also, in addition to that, they uh, they use big. They'll, they'll often get. And again, this is becoming a little bit less frequent. Especially, I think Matt Pat had a bunch of videos about this, uh, like year, a year or two ago. Uh, but they'll get a few big creators to sign on. Sometimes they even pay them. And what they do is they use those as hooks to lure on other creators that, hey, we work with X massive creator. We work with PowerBang. Don't you want to sign with us? And what they don't know is they pay PowerBang while they take your money instead. And oftentimes there's tens of thousands of channels under a, a certain umbrella of an MCN. So I'm not yeah. sure if that answers your correct question directly, but it's something that it, it kind of sucks because there's a lot of good people out there who work with mm -hmm. MCNs. But I, I just think that now there's so many, not just AMG either. It's not about why we're better than X, Y, or Z. There's so many people like AMG, companies like AMG that can provide better caliber service to creators without taking their hard-earned YouTube ad revenue. So yeah. uh, I think that, you know, my soapbox on it now, but I think that's one thing that definitely needs to change. So uh, I'll take it a different, a different angle. Um, you know, not necessarily looking at, um, I guess, institutions right the old guard um but looking at mainly the way games are are marketed especially through influencers since that's really relevant for what we do um and i think a lot of uh a lot of companies are still lacking authenticity when it comes to you know taking their message to the market and that's something that i i hope to see improve uh, but oftentimes you know to summarize it very quickly you know you have a marketing company uh, or a game developer that has a marketing division 
that has a substantial budget budget to go talk about their game or, you know, to build their community or whatever their initiative is. And, you know, in order to, you know, get what they feel is good value out of that budget, they want to really control the message. They want to control the talking points and basically supply people with a script and then read this, you know, do that. And as somebody that's been in content creation for quite some time, uh, you know, I always cringe when I get those, you know, hey, read these, you know, bullet points to your audience because it just doesn't land as well. And, you know, like when I work with a, a company, it's typically because like I like their product and, you know, obviously the the deal that they're, you know, pitching to me is is worth the time to do it. Uh, so, you know, at that point I accept, but it's always much better to allow the creators that are working the deal uh, to kind of go at it their own way. You know, as somebody who has in the past created content every single day for fans, you have that, that daily touch point. You really understand what moves your audience. And it's like if, you know, companies that are trying to advertise through influencers just understood that there's that level of trust, there's, you know, uh, whether it's just the way that you word things, um, I think it would be a lot more impactful and allow creators not only to be more successful pushing that product, but make better content. Like, I can't tell you how many uh, creators that I've watched that they do work with a company that, you know, allows them to have basically freedom to, to deliver their message however they want. And that content is actually like really good and really fun and really engaging. And that's a, that's a huge, huge difference. And it makes the audiences not mind the ads so much. And in some, you know, some creator communities, they actually look forward to the ads because they're fun and they're creative. And so that's one thing I'd like to see more companies do a little bit differently, um, you know, kind of moving forward. Yeah, I think that that's spot on when it comes to the whole marketing and or, organicness of it, where it's like, and it's something I see myself doing every day where it's pushing clients for our talent to let our creators be a bit more uh, relaxed and have more freedom in, in what they do with their integrations or, or dedicated or whatever, whatever the deliverable is, just to let the talent have a bit more say so in what they're doing. Because um, I feel like, and, and you kind of see it now with, uh, let's say, right now, one of the biggest content houses right now is like OTK, uh, which is uh, an org, but they usually, they're literally all content creators. They just call themselves an org. Um, and it's like the way that they put content out, it's so organic uh, to what anyone else is doing that it works so well when brands want to hit them. Uh, and the brands do see that. And that's why they're getting so many people, you know, they're getting these Gatorades and brands that never been in, in the esports or gaming industry actually come out and say, hey, let's dabble now. Uh, here's, you know, so-and-so amount. Uh, just do what you want because we know you're going to do something creative. Uh, and they go with it. And I think more clients need to be more aware of, of just the social aspect of it on how their audience is going to react to it because if you're making someone that uh if you're putting you know a creator out there doing a content piece that uh is more bland and it's off script and uh and, you know their audience sees them just going talking point to talking point uh you usually are going to get a, a bunch of negative remarks in it it's going to go bad for the talent and then they're not going to want to work with you again no matter what you're offering right um but when you do see these like organic integrations, like a really good one was uh, Judo just a couple months ago when he did his uh, literally on top of a plane playing Clash of Clans. Um, I didn't think he was going to do that when he told me that this was probably going to be his biggest video ever. Uh, and it definitely was because that was just uh, such a crazy integration and idea that he put to life. That was just awesome to see. Um, I'm sure you guys seen that as well, but it was like, we need more creators in the space that allow themselves to be creative uh, and have more freedom, but also have the awareness of what their audience wants, but also what they want. Uh, if that, if that makes any sense to you guys. Uh, it really does. And, you know, special shout out to Judo. I saw him in here a little bit earlier, but that dude is on his way to becoming uh, a goat in the space. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, he, he goes the extra mile. You know, you look for the creators that really go above and beyond and, you know, are, are professional but know how to deliver, and he's definitely one of those guys. And yeah. that's something that I always uh, admire and respect so much when somebody really, like, you know, sure sure they're getting paid to do it, but it's like you can phone it in or you can, like, really make sure that you care um, and, and you deliver. And, like, that's one of the things that, you know, for the creators out there that are listening, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is about like today's, you know, day and age, but I feel like there's such a sense of entitlement about, you know, brand deals or, you know, this industry or whatever. And, and, you know, even as somebody that's been successful in this space, like I still every day look at what I do for a living and I'm just like, dude, I'm so grateful. Like I'm playing video games and, you know, working with influencers and uh, man, it's, it's, it's incredible. Right. And, and to try to take that attitude forward and, you know, when you do something for somebody, like give it your all. And, you know, the people that I see do that, man, it pays dividends uh, versus the, the folks that are just phoning it in, doing the bare minimum and, you know, yeah. trying to just meet the, the minimum requirements. Like every single time somebody delivers above and beyond, it's noted uh, the client takes notice of that and they ask for them back almost, almost unanimously. So that's just something, yeah. I don't know, random soapbox moment here, but just figured I'd point that out. What are, um, so coming from a creator for, for the both of you, what are some common things you, you see creators at the beginning struggle with that could be easily, you know, fixed? It's a great question. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of piggybacking on what Lance just said, I, I feel like personally, I mean, obviously, in the very beginning, people struggle with quality, people struggle with ideation around uh, around their yeah. content, figuring out who they want to be, what their brand is, what are they presenting, because we all have so many different sides of our personality, you know, it's, 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 it's tough, which side of me do I want to present to my audience. So finding your voice is going to be a challenge, uh, or not even a challenge, but it's going to be a journey, I guess, uh, no matter who you are. I feel like the biggest pitfall of content creation and uh, you know, 99% of the time is just being able to stick with it and not experience immediate success, you know, and being able to not get discouraged by that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like the biggest, to me, that's it. You know, look at so many guys out there, you know, the biggest, uh, a lot of the biggest creators in all of mobile. I see OJ in here. What's up, OJ? Yeah. What's up, OJ? Uh, OJ kind of had, he was kind of the reverse because he came in, little case study here from my point of view, right? But he came in at a time where the caliber of content, I want to say it was 2015, 2016, just wasn't that high, the production value on content overall out there in the gaming zeitgeist, right? At least mobile gaming. And it was recognizable immediately that this is something special and new. And he saw pretty meteoric growth from the get-go. However, that, that to me is the anomaly. To me, it's more stories like Kairos time and uh judo sloth Going out there, and Cashman, surfing boy win sanity yeah. these guys yeah. have been at it for years and not seen any growth you know so like and these are people that uh again <clears throat> they were at it they grinded for years years and all <clears throat> they did was was pretty i mean it, it's easy to say tough to do right and that's every day working on analyzing and improving your content, both from like a YouTube analytics, streaming analytics standpoint, and also like those bigger themes that I talk that I spoke about earlier, who are they going to be? And how can you best position yourself? Because ultimately, you know, myself, Lance, any content creator, I think a lot of it's just luck. But it's also putting yourself in the position to capitalize on that luck, right, when it comes. And that's really a microcosm to life, isn't it? You know, like, you just work as hard as you can. You hope that you're able to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves, but they're not always going to present themselves immediately. So yeah. that's the, to me, you know, roundabout answer, but that's, to me, the biggest challenge for creators is not recognize, is, is thinking you're a failure, not recognizing that sometimes it can take four or five years to actually hit. And you have to, you can't become complacent during those four, three or four or five years. You have to continue to try to innovate. And one luxury that a lot of smaller creators don't recognize that they, they have is that they're small enough where they can experiment. They can try new stuff and they're not, they don't have to worry about alienating millions of people, you know, or losing everything they've, they've worked so hard to build. 
it can still feel like that whether you have a hundred yeah. or a million subscribers. But I think it's something that people don't recognize is don't be afraid to go outside the box and do something a little bit different than everybody else is doing. Again, Lance mentioned Cashman. He's a good example. He's a Clash Royale content creator that we, we, we work with, a great guy. And, you know, he's covering a game that's five or six years old. This could apply to any video game out there. And he went at it cover thinking about like it's, it's just when you think about it it makes super intuitive sense there's a million people downloading this game every single day or month or week when you look at these popular games out there that means there's a million new players who not many content creators are speaking to so he started covering you know early game content you know and he absolutely blew up and he's still able to cover a, a wide variety of a, a range of content within that kind of niche but it's given him opportunities that otherwise wouldn't have been there after years of grinding. And again, I don't want to make it sound so simple, but oftentimes people are afraid to change and try yeah. to experiment with new ideas. Long answer, but that's my uh, <laughs> that's one area that I think that people can improve. So I want to yeah, I, I oh, yeah, cool. um, because it, like my my answer is almost exactly like related. So what what Tim mentioned as far as like staying prepared, like there's a saying somewhere about preparation and luck and I don't remember how it works and the percentages and the breakdowns and whatnot, but whatever goal is you want to be prepared. You want to continue to hone your craft. And like the bottom line, you want to stay in the game. Like you just want to be in position. So with the, when the time comes and there's that moment that you can actually, you know, have the spark, see the growth, ride the wave, whether it's a new game launch, whether it's a shout out that you got from a bigger creator, whatever that moment is, you have to be ready and you have to have gone through like the, the trials, tribulations, failures, et cetera, um, that have prepared yeah. you for that moment. And so staying in the game is one thing. And in order to do that, I believe that it takes true passion, right? To be able to do something every single day, fail at it, not succeed, like in your eyes, right? Like, I would invite you to shift your perspective so that, you know, yep. failure is, is not numbers based, right? It's knowledge based where, you know, every single day you have the opportunity to learn something to add to your toolbox to ultimately get to, you know, kind of a boiling point where, hey, now over the last five years, I've collected all of these skills, I've collected the ability to do, you know, content, essentially, or marketing or whatever it is. And you get to that point where, man, now I can really take off and I just need the catalyst. I need the spark. And then that's what you work for, right? You, you do collaborations. You try to get out in the public eye somehow. Work with your game developers if you can get that opportunity. Um, yeah. And you never know what can happen. And then to point to a few of those examples, um, I, I think it's really important to point out because people have a tendency to look at others and just be like, oh, they had some sort of opportunity or there's something special or, you know, whatever. It could be you too. And if you look at guys like Judo, he's playing a game that is 10 years old and grinded for four or five years uh, making content and not really going very far with it. I remember like I was scrolling through old photo albums of hanging out in Finland and I remember seeing Judo at his first event in some photos with me. And he, I mean, he's like a different dude now, but it, it's just cool getting a reminder of like where he started and where he's at today. Playing a game that's 10 years old that many would say, like, wow, that's super old, it's stale, whatever. No, no hate on Clash of Clans, by the way. I still play uh, to this day. Love it. Um, but Judo's a great example. And then flip the other side of the coin where we're like, oh, well, maybe Supercell just has some sort of magic sauce because you can see people like Cashman blow up on a six-year-old game, Judo on a 10-year-old game. Well, look at, like, Winsanity. You know, he, he played uh, PUBG Mobile for years without really much success. And then due to the effort, the hard work, et cetera, which is a common theme that you'll find with these uh, these guys, they're putting in, you know, blood, sweat and tears into their content, really studying the ecosystem. And I think that's one of the, the biggest things that you can do is study what is out there. Look at what works. Find the people that are successful, emulate them, but also add your own spice to it and then rinse and repeat. And the, the coolest thing is like the last piece of like, I guess my advice to, to young creators or creators that are just starting off is to, you know, it's, it's still Nike slogan, man, just do it. I think a big part of learning, um, of, of failing, of, you know, collecting information is you have to try things. You have to go out and fall short and figure out what doesn't work in order to narrow down what does. And in order to do that, you just got to go be active. Don't be afraid, afraid to try things, you know, throw it out there. Like Tim was saying, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on you when you don't have a huge audience or, you know, a crowd that's expecting a certain type of something. 
um, you can actually go out and learn that. And so, you know, just doing it every day and, and really not being afraid to just throw it out there and, and try to be consistent and then take what you can from that information, learn from it. And then ultimately you are in position when your moment comes. So long answer, but there you go. Yeah. I think, I think the both of you are, are super spot on there where it's like, you just have to start taking action. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. It's how many times you keep getting up and doing it. Uh, it's like, we also just have to be humbled by, by the reason of like, there's a lot of you in chat, uh, not in chat. This isn't Twitch. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you here in the space where like you do this for a living, uh, and you, and you play video games for a living and like, you gotta be at a point where you humble yourself and, and you sit back and like, dude, I get to do this 12, 15 hours a day when other people are breaking their backs, you know, outside or, or whatever the case. And it's like, be humbled. Because I, I, one thing that I see in this industry, especially in mobile gaming, is the egos really start to show up out of nowhere. And then you're expecting that creator to still be the same, and they're not. And it, it hurts them in the long run. And, and I know you two see that uh, in this industry a lot, but it's something that really needs to get spoken about. Because I think people are too scared to speak about it. Uh, because they're friends with them, or they're, or, you know, whatever the case. It's like, there's no place in this industry, especially with how new the gaming industry is as a whole, uh, to have an ego in it. Because in the long run, you're going to get hurt from it. Like, it's not going to work out. So, like, going off of that, um, who, like, when you're in those times that you're just frustrated or, uh, you know, your mind's racing at, a, you know, a thousand miles an hour, who who's the person that you guys go to, uh, to kind of like alleviate that and just clear your head or what's the activity that you guys do to kind of just reset? Tim, I'm going to let you take this one first, man. <laughs> uh, go to Lance and vent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't suffer from like, you know, uh, anger. Lance is, Lance is, uh, you know, not to be super cheesy about it, but uh, we're, we're in a lot of ways, Lance and I are like yin and yang, right? Where I'm, uh, uh, I'm easier to get emotional about things. Uh, I am, uh, I can get worked up, right? Like <laughs> I can get worked up about stuff. No, I mean, I, I like to think that I've gotten a lot better over the years. So I, you know, I love music. I love, uh, I, I meditate. I try to be live a pretty healthy lifestyle uh, style. I listen to a lot of, I, I try to consume when I get too much into things, or I get upset or whatever, or if I notice that my my anger or whatever is, is getting the best of me, which I think the anger is a pretty useless tool for humans overall. You know, it, it yeah. brings us, it divides us. It, it makes us say and do things that we regret later. I think it can cause uh, jealousy, frustration. I'm not saying I experience all of these uh, as pervasive as the other, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I always try to remind myself that there's really not a lot of good in my mind that can come out of, out of anger. Uh, but with all that said, I still get angry. I still get stressed out, still get anxious, just like most other people. Lance is very cool, calm and collected almost all the time. That's one of his best qualities. And that's what attracted to me, him, uh, me to him originally as a friend. And then as a, as a, as a business partner as well, because I, I need that grounding force for me to be successful, especially on the business side of things, you know, because yeah. I can get a little bit overwhelmed. It's a, it's a weakness of mine, you know? So I think that, uh, but the biggest thing I try to do is focus on something that's not work related, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, I, I mentioned this a couple of times, super corny, but 40 years old, learning how to play piano. And I love it. You know, I really, really love it. Taking piano lessons. I have like a health coach, you know, which is kind of kind of cheesy, but it's also it keeps me disciplined and it keeps me focused on self-improvement outside of just the business and creator uh, kind of arenas. So for me, that's a good way to kind of refresh the old brain and calm myself down a little bit. So, you know, I guess that's my answer. Yeah, that's solid, man. Um, I think, you know, if I had to articulate some of the things that help me stay cool, calm and collective as Tim called me. Um, it, it's really trying to maintain perspective of your problems and how they fit into the grand scheme of things. Right. Most of the times we get so focused on the micro and what is in front of us at this very moment that it oftentimes seems 
very large and overwhelming when really it isn't right if you just maintain perspective and realize that you know this pain is temporary you know it's going to be it's going to be done soon and then ultimately always thinking of solutions instead of problems right don't focus yeah. on the problem think of the solution and the actions that you can take to solve the problem uh, and then lastly you know to keep this one kind of brief is really one of the things that you can do to kind of combat uh, feelings of anxiety, fear, anger, um, you know, negativity essentially is really to put your attention and focus on gratitude. Think of things that you're thankful for and, and the blessings that you have and really focus on those things because if you do, it's impossible to, fear, to feel the anger, to feel fear, uh, you know, when you're focusing on the things that you have uh, that are pretty good or, you know, that you're lucky to, to be in a position to, to experience. So those are some of the things that I do to kind of help maintain, I guess, a perspective um, that might be different from some. And, you know, it helps me a lot, but I think a lot of, you know, I guess my success in that area is literally just the way I'm wired. You know, it's just genetics. Um, you know, some people are a little more high strung than others. And I, that's OK. You know, it takes all different kinds. And um, that's one of the things I've noticed uh, with him is like a lot of the areas that I'm weak, he's incredibly strong. And, you know, it is true. Like there's a yin and yang uh, aspect to it for sure. And uh, that's something I'm really thankful for. Yeah, I think. I think I go there right along with Tim where sometimes <laughs> I even allow myself to let emotions uh, pretty much overtake, not my decision-making, but the way I approach someone or something. Right. The way, you, um, and, huh? the way you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it would be, I, I would say Anthony will probably attest to this uh, pretty heavily because uh, he's usually my, my, uh, my punching bag when I, <laughs> when I get in those situations, um, to where sometimes you just need to literally let it out, uh, and not care what anyone says on the other side, right? Like you just have to allow yourself to feel those feelings, but not show those feelings all the time. Now there's certain situations where it's, you know, it's, it's good to show a feeling at, right? Like your, your wedding or, your, you know, your, your best friend just got a promotion or whatever. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to the business side and stuff, being able to hone in and, and control your emotions has probably been the biggest thing that I've learned uh, along the way. Um, and that's been especially just looking at the leadership from AMG uh, and how we handle stuff at a high level, right? Like I've had the privilege to, you know, be able to grab some of the largest talents that we've used, uh, you know, this year alone uh, for a lot of our campaigns. And I would have never been at a, I would have never been at a position where I'm at now to be able to get into these calls with these other, you know, organizations, agencies, uh, uh, talents, whatever it is, uh, and be able to be this comfortable with speaking to them if it wasn't for me seeing how the leadership that is in front of me is doing things, if that makes any sense. Um, it does, man. And, and I want to I want to compliment you as well. Like your growth over the past like six months and even longer, uh, but more specifically recently, it's been it's been noted and, you know, really, really proud of you, man. You've come a long way and continue to produce results for us. And it's just really, really cool to see. So happy that you're also like doing a little bit of introspection and realizing that 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 growth so like keep that momentum going dude because you're going places and it's really excited to you know for me to kind of be along the journey with you yeah i and think I, it's oh sorry go go on. no no go um, for it please go for it i i think it's all about the momentum right now in this industry where it's like e even with with uh amg right there's so much momentum happening at the moment from every single team here that you clearly see it from an outside angle and a year ago, a lot of people wouldn't even have known what AMG was or who AMG was. Like, I can attest, when I first got here, I didn't know who we were. I didn't know what we've done. But when I saw the, you know, what we were doing firsthand, it literally opened my eyes to just so much more possibilities and, and, and just a, a reality of what's happening. Um, and I think that really attests to, to you two uh, and being able to, to build the team that you guys have uh, have built and the leaders that you brought in because it clearly shows uh, that AMG is not going anywhere and we're only getting bigger and and more productive 
Uh, and it's awesome to see. And, and I want to take this a couple seconds just to thank you guys uh, for, for that as well. Um, I think right now I'm going to start opening up the floor uh, for whoever wants some questions since we have about 20 minutes left in the show. Uh, so whoever has any questions, just raise your hand and our amazing host will uh, bring you up. Uh, but, you know, till then we can keep talking. Um, so another question for the both of you is like, what's been the most exciting event or, or situation that's happened uh, to you guys in this industry? Like uh, either you've gone to the CRL or uh, PUBG, uh, you know, a PUBG championship. Like what's been that event that, that you still look back into and it's like dude i i don't know how this happened but this is, is so impactful to me Oof, that's a tough one because that's a really tough one like i think tim would probably agree because both of us have been really fortunate uh with not only what we've been invited to do but the relationships that we have with like different platforms and game developers and whatnot um mm -hmm. I, I, for me it's so hard to pick just one i mean i'll throw i'll throw a few out just quickly <clears throat> you know i went to do the uh, world finals in Dubai for PUBG Mobile. I was the host of the show. Really, really cool. And I guess one thing that was super memorable, um, I guess two from that um, period of time was there was a, a massive power outage where we were forced to kind of like entertain a live in-person audience <laughs> with like 2,000 2, people basically. That was really memorable and really fun. And, and that was the first time in the PUBG mobile space where, you know, I, I had an opportunity to like meet and greet fans the like in, in mass, right? Where there was lines out the door to like, you know, take a picture or whatever. Really, really cool. Um, I can't not mention the, you know, 16 or so trips to Finland with Supercell, each of them very different. Um, had a chance to do some NBA collaborations with like Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, yeah. who, who else? Lonzo Ball, um, you know, Andre Show Brown. off. And Show off going to the <laughs> he is, uh, Right? The Greek freak, you know, two times right? <laughs> uh, the NBA. No, uh, Alan Walker, got to do some stuff with him. Actually became friends with Alan. That was really, really cool. Um, and then going to, I think, sh Shanghai, China, and uh, Taipei as well in Taiwan. Both of those were highlights for me as well. So, I mean, I can't literally narrow it down to one, but those are some things that this industry has been, you know, fortunate enough to allow me to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, man, they're, they're, like like Lance said, there's been so many amazing trips, and and for me, it comes down to they kind of blend together almost, you know. And I don't say that in a, you know, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I've been that I've been given, especially to travel the world and stuff like that. But to me, it kind of goes back to our previous, you know, our previous <laughs> previous question, the previous conversation about, uh, you know, what <laughs> what really makes us feel good, right? And for me. I remember the the really personal trips like, uh, you know, more recently with Lance, we went to the uh, YouTube Gaming Awards before COVID and it was just really cool to have like that VIP experience and to have like the the VIP parties and stuff like that. Not just because of the celebrities and stuff like that, but just because it was something that I got to do with one of my you know best friends in the world that felt so like I almost like... I'm a super imposter syndrome, you know, like I, I don't even know how I have any subscribers or a company or anything, you know, like, but I do, I do really, uh, it's just one of those things like, wow, I can't believe we're here and, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to drop all the celebs names, but just like, this is, I feel so out of place, which I was, you know, which we were, but it was just such a cool experience to experience with somebody that you're really close friends with. Yeah. And, uh, but, but definitely for me, the most meaningful thing that I've done is, uh, we teamed up with, or Supercell teamed up with the Diana Award. It's kind of like an anti-cyberbullying and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, truthfully, again, going back to the previous question, is like kind of what do we do when we want to escape the stresses and anxieties of, of the world? And I think that those stressors and anxieties, at least for me, especially like, you know, during COVID when everything is online, it can be very taxing because it almost cultivates this weird sense of paranoia uh, where without engaging with real life human beings, it feels like when, when all your relationships are mostly over the internet, mostly over text, social media, stuff like that, to me at least, you start almost getting a, a small, small sense of paranoia of what yeah. do they think about me? 
Have I responded to them? Do they not like me? What do these people think? Like, what did I forget? You know, like you, you almost start, it's impossible because you don't have face-to-face contact with anybody. You don't have that human element. So kind of circling back to the, the question at hand, for me, I got to meet, you know, uh, probably around 20 or 30 kids. I was with, uh, I forgot, maybe OJ was there too. I, I remember that uh, Molt, another content creator was there as well. But we got to meet a bunch of these kids uh, who were all kind of like, I'm not sure how they got selected, but they were basically representatives of the best of their, or they're, I'm not sure if they're volunteer based or or whatnot, but they were basically leaders, but who are teenagers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they were part of this uh, organization, anti like cyberbullying, creating a better, safer communities. And it sounds like cheesy and whatever, like that never gets the, the headlines of, oh, anti cyberbullying. Wow, exciting stuff. But just to see how good these these kids were, how and how much they, how much better they wanted for their communities, and how they even spoke about their parents and their negative experience with social media, the way they engage with each other, the tribalism that exists in their world, seeing that they comprehended that these are thirteen to sixteen year olds I was talking to, and seeing how they even identified, oh my dad's always mad because he's always fighting on Facebook stuff like that, you know. And it gave me hope because I have gotten into kind of a, a negative mindset that everybody seems more divided than ever in the world that we live in. But meeting those 30 kids, being a part of that event, there was a you know a few of us creators that kind of took teams and, and worked with these kids and just talked about, you know, how can we create safer environments? And to see that the new generation, the younger generation had a way firmer grasp of online mental health you know, not being toxic, how to cultivate positive, meaningful relationships, how it's a waste of time to sit there and argue on the internet 24-7. It gave me hope that maybe we're not all absolutely doomed by social media. Maybe it's the yeah. old people like like our parents <laughs> that are actually, you know, clouding my judgment. So that's a long, long answer to the, to the question there, uh, Kuz. But that was my favorite trip because it gave me yeah. a little bit of hope for humanity, you know? Yeah, those are two awesome answers, to be honest. I, uh, I forgot to mention, like, literally the top, like, one of my favorite cities I've ever been to, and also some of, like, my favorite, like, memories and rides, like, Tallinn, Estonia. For me, that city was super, super fun, super cool, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that one. Had a chance to go there three times to cast uh, Clash of Clans, like, world final stuff. So, yeah, man, uh, Tallinn, Estonia, definitely way up there on the list. That's awesome. So we do have a question from the audience. Clint, uh, if you want to unmute and ask your question. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I guess my question is for, for, the, for the both of you. Um, in the short amount of time, you guys have both like, accomplished a, a bunch of stuff. And uh, I'm sure you guys have like a list of things that you want to do. So I'm just wondering, like, what, like, what's next? Like, what are things that you haven't accomplished yet that you're still like, going for? And like, what, what is on that list that you haven't hit yet? You want to go first, Tim? You want me to go? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so for me, we've done a great job focusing on, you know, internally building up AMG, externally getting our name out there a little bit more. We need, we have a long way to go in terms of marketing and stuff like that. I've made three YouTube channels and I've, you know, my third one is more recent, like an interview based channel, long form interview, which I'm really passionate about. Uh, but really it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lame answer, but it's twofold. Number one is getting a little bit ba- balance back in my life over the next, you know, hopefully a few years uh, mm-hmm. to where I am able to kind of disconnect uh, a little bit easier and work a little bit uh, more on my mental health and my relationships uh, with people, because that's something that's definitely suffered big time for me is uh, being able to really develop and and cultivate and really allocate enough time to meaningful relationships outside my son. That's pretty much all I, you know, not, not all I have. I have a lot of really meaningful friendships and, and relationships, but I don't do a good enough job, you know, and I need to be a better custodian to the people that mean the most in my life. So that's one thing that I am really looking forward to accomplishing <laughs> on a personal level. And then on a, on a business level, uh, we need to do more for, uh, not that we're all profit-based. We're certainly not. Like I'd like to think that we go above and beyond to to help out anybody in our communities and our creators as much as we can. But we need to formalize better ways to help the communities and the creators that we we represent and we work with. You know, uh, 
that's like where we've been talking a lot about a scholarship program, uh, Lance and I. Uh, so, you know, working on getting that launched this year, hopefully sooner rather than later, but really just more philanthropic endeavors because making gaming channels, building up content creators, producing amazing events, building amazing tools, all that stuff is is fantastic. And it feels really cool to have a company that, you know, we're put we're we're helping in a way we're helping hardworking people put food on the table for like 60 families which is so so cool but we need to do more like to just because for me gaming is awesome but gaming is not my life and gaming is not the world gaming is a really cool hobby uh career and distraction sometimes as well but i feel like there's a lot more we can do even in the gaming sector to help people who need it so i think just being a little bit you know a little bit more philanthropic outwardly facing and thinking of ways to do that in an authentic way that really resonates with people and can really make a difference rather than just having it like be a publicity stunt. Those are things that we need to really work on uh, over the next year or two. All right, Tim, you took all the good stuff, man, but uh, I echo all of that uh, first and foremost. Really, I really believe in, um, you know, bringing positivity to our environments, to the world in general and trying to leave things in a better place than we found them. Um, I think one of the things that I take the most pride in is the fact that, like, we've been able to create a lot of opportunities out of thin air. A lot of, you know, I guess, you know, financial incentives or careers or whatever that completely did not exist before. Um, and really, I think the thing that I take the most pride in is how many families can we help support uh, along this journey? And whether that's directly through jobs or contracts to work with AMG or whether it's indirectly through, you know, the, the sponsorships or deals that we might offer to specific talent or influencers or to communities or whatever. Um, all of that is something that really drives me. And, and you know, I, I've, I'm really proud of the fact that we've, you know, gotten the total to as much as we have, you know, looking at, you know, some of the things that I want to do on you know like i guess the amg side of things i'm gonna i'm gonna reveal everything here coos but uh you know i, I want to do a lot more you know programs products i think there's a lot of knowledge that uh you know yeah. we have that we can help, sure. you know package a little bit more intelligently um and that's something that i, I definitely think you know we should be doing more of and so kind of going to steer things in in that direction um and then to throw kind of a wrinkle in things on the personal side of my life, very similar to Tim, working on definitely ways to try to build the team to where all like gaps are are filled to the point where I can step away uh, more consistently um, without having any sort of hiccups. And we've gotten in many places in our company to the point where that can certainly happen now. And it's been really, really encouraging to see. So for me, a, a big goal of mine is continuing to try to find uh, excellent people, superstars that can come in and help shape the way um, AMG is growing and where we're heading moving forward. And then uh, lastly, on the personal side, I, I really have a lot of interest in like, you know, investing in real estate and, you know, things that are outside of gaming. And so that's something that, um, you know, I have multiple properties now and I've, I've uh, tried to help like my family out first and foremost by, you know, I've purchased houses for a couple sets of grandparents and, you know, they pay us rent or whatever, but it was a way to kind of hopefully, you know, provide them with a little bit more cash to live out their years. And um, I, I looked at that as kind of like a nice way to like do something good, but also kind of like enter into like real estate. Right. And so, yeah. you know, I'm really passionate about like, you know, diving into that since my wife really, you know, is into that as well. And it's a great fit for her. So that's somewhere where on the personal side, I would really like to grow as well. That's awesome. What about yeah, you? So we have, uh, for me, uh, to be honest, I've been doing it a lot more recently where um, I've been trying to give as much as I can more than what I receive. And I think that's a philosophy that I've been learning just by reading and, and meditating and, and just really getting in tone with myself. Um, like with the whole teacher stuff uh, on a monthly yeah. basis, uh, I pick two to three teachers from a tweet that I did, you know, beginning of the year where it's like, and it surprised me where it was hundreds of teachers that reached out that are just missing basic supplies that they can't afford. Um, and, you know, I can wow. only do two or three at a time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a millionaire, but I do that on a very biweekly, like a once a month, twice a month type of thing where I pick two to three teachers and I, I do that with. 
uh, to give back to the community and also helping out uh, something that I, I've been keeping pretty private, but been helping out with a lot of schools in the area on trying to start uh, esports foundations in it uh, and, and esports classes uh, and, edu- and starting to try to educate the, the students who are growing up from a middle school, high school level on uh, the type of careers you can go into, uh, not just being a pro player. Um, and that's going to be something that takes a very long time to do, but it's, it's one of the passions that I've had on wanting to give back and uh, have people who are not fortunate enough uh, to get into programs uh, or, or, you know, or have PC setups or have erasers uh, or Kleenex in their classrooms and try to give as much as I, as much as I can. Uh, so that, that's my main thing that I've been really starting up for the year um, and trying to just uh, educate people on what esports and gaming can do for you and, and, and for their lives. So we have time for literally one last question. And I know, Chad, Susie, I, uh, yeah. before you go to the next topic, I just wanted to say tremendously proud of that effort, dude. I, I saw when you first launched that. Um, I, I love that, man. Like, and that's exactly what I'm talking about with, you know, trying to do more for others. And like, you know, the, the blessings that come your way, that'll happen. You don't have to worry about that. Just try to go out and create, uh, you know, positivity, deliver value. And, yep. you know, it all comes back full circle. You know what I'm saying? So also on that note, like if you, if you would uh, share that list with me as far as like some people that need yep, to help we'll out, I would love to help contribute there and, and in your name as well, because that's totally your initiative. Definitely not trying to steal any thunder, but that's a cause that I think is a worthy one and I would love to chip in. Yeah, it's, it's definitely no thunder to be stolen. It's I it's something to give back. I, I can care less who takes, you know, the credit of it. And that's something I've always been very vocal about. It's like, how are we going to impact the world and the world after we're gone from this earth for a positive? Uh, and, you know, we have to start doing it from now, especially everyone in the audience. Uh, whatever you're passionate about or whatever you think you want to do for your life, do just take action and do it because you literally have one. Uh, you literally have one life to do and you don't know how short that can be. So you don't want to regret it uh, on your end days and just keep going and keep pushing. So we'll have the last question with Chaz Mac. Um, and if you want to ask your question. Uh, yeah. Hi guys. Yep. Hey, what's up? Um, what's up, what's up? What's up? Obviously huge fans Charlie. of you guys, Ash, my boy. How you doing, Charlie? Uh, I'm doing great, brother. Kuzi, uh, I-, I would also like to add the power bang that, what you're doing for those schools um, and, and you can communicate this through Ash. I would love to absolutely 100% help with that. Um, as Ash knows, I love to help as many people as I can, but anyways, yep. um, the, the question that I have for you guys is as I'm learning more, and this is my first time in one of your guys' chats is what is it that AMG actually does for uh, esports organizations such as mine, where we have esports players on different teams, we have content creators, like how do we get involved with AMG as far as, you know, from an organizational standpoint? Oh, can, can I hit this guys? Yeah, go for it, Goose. Okay, so I've been, I've been doing this a lot lately um, and going to, you know, T1 organizations such as Phase, Complexity, Optic, MV, et cetera. Um, and really starting relationships to where, like, how can us as a talent agency um, who helps creators grow and get deals for help you as an organization? And that's just pretty much, uh, you know, sending over. It could be as simple as sending over a roster of creators you have. And if there's an opportunity that we have that we think can fit, uh, then we, you know, we try to make something work. Or if it's as uh, or another option, it's like, I know this is something we've been in the talks with um, and I've been trying to uh, push for a while. And we're I'm so happy that we're finally really starting to uh, get on track with is like an AMG type of academy where it's like it's not a very high level thing, but it's somewhere where uh, creators at a very lower level. Uh, can come in and this is not implemented yet. So, you know, it's still in the works and still, uh, you know, a while till it's all done, but it's something where creators can literally come in and learn from these industry giants um, and be able to show, show what they do and grow from the mistakes that learn from the mistakes that these people have done, like CWO and power being have, I'm pretty sure they've done a lot of mistakes that they can teach people how not to do that. And then those people will grow much faster than they do. Like we have those stories here in AMG 
for, you know, for, since we've started AMG. Um, so it's like an organization that wants help uh, is always uh, an open door here, especially uh, if you hit me up in my DMs, uh, I, I will be more than happy to just jump on a call, see what you guys have and see how, you know, how we can help, even if it's at a very minimal level. Um, anything that that is to promote the growth of this industry uh, for a positive uh, is, is something that uh, I, I'm sure, you know, AMG as a whole and myself are, are very involved in. I don't know if Tim and Lance, you have uh, something else to say, so. No, I mean, you, you hit most of it there, Kuz. I mean, really, uh, our goal is to work with, uh, you know, organizations, talent, et cetera, um, to ultimately be a conduit through our relationships, through our network, um, to try to bring, uh, it, you know, opportunities, whether it's, you know, collective with multiple organizations taking part um, or even, you know, working on, you know, like a brand deal type of level or sponsorship level with an organization. That's something that we are able to do. And uh, the, the interesting thing is, you know, it's one of the areas we find ourselves in because we don't have, you know, an esports organization that we've been, been able to work with everybody pretty freely without, you know, any conflicts or any perceived, you know, uh, issues or anything like that. So, you know, ultimately, uh, as Kuzi mentioned, just trying to help, uh, you know, everybody we can along the way and, um, you know, whether whether it's financially, whether it's with exposure opportunities, et cetera. Um, those are things that we're always interested in doing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's uh, uh, we're over time. So that's pretty much was the last question. Uh, right before we leave, I, I want to thank uh, Tim and Lance again for, for coming out and uh, starting this company that has changed so many lives um, in the in the short time that it's been around. Uh, and for the future of what it's going to do, I, I can't even imagine the impact we will have five to 10 years from now. Um, and everyone who's come out to, to the spaces, especially to the social hour and also uh, bridging the gap on Anthony's space, uh, we truly appreciate that because we really want to see the, uh, the initiative of the, uh, of the community and what, what you guys are thinking and what you guys want answers for. So um, yeah, once again, thank you everyone. And that's pretty much a wrap.